Section 28 of a Collection of Supreme Court Opinions by the United States Supreme Court. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gretchen Laboon, Columbus. Rosales Mereles, v. United States. Decided June 18, 2018. Please note, this is a reading of the opinion of the Court only. This reading does not include the syllabus or any concurring or dissenting opinions. For ease of listening, this reading omits legal citations found within the text of the Court's opinion. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the Court. Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 52B provides that a Court of Appeals may consider errors that are plain and affect substantial rights, even though they are raised for the first time on appeal. This case concerns the bounds of that discretion and whether a miscalculation of the United States Sentencing Guidelines range that has been determined to be plain and to affect a defendant's substantial rights calls for a Court of Appeals to exercise its discretion under Rule 52B to vacate the defendant's sentence. The Court holds that such an error will, in the ordinary case, as here, seriously affect the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings, and thus will warrant relief. 1. A. Each year, thousands of individuals are sentenced to terms of imprisonment for violations of federal law. District courts must determine in each case what constitutes a sentence that is, quote, sufficient but not greater than necessary, end quote, Title 18 of the U.S. Code. To achieve the overarching sentencing purposes of, quote, retribution, deterrence, incapacitation, and rehabilitation, end quote, Tapia v. United States. Those decisions call for the district court to exercise discretion, yet to ensure, quote, certainty and fairness, end quote, in sentencing, district courts must operate within the framework established by Congress, United States v. Booker, quoting Title 28 of the U.S. Code. The sentencing guidelines serve an important role in that framework, quote, district courts must begin their analysis with the guidelines and remain cognizant of them throughout the sentencing process, end quote, Pew v. United States. Courts are not bound by the guidelines, but even in an advisory capacity, the guidelines serve as a, quote, meaningful benchmark, end quote, in the initial determination of a sentence and, quote, through the process of appellate review, end quote, Title 569 of the U.S. Code. Of course, to consult the applicable guidelines range, a district court must first determine what that range is. This can be a, quote, complex, end quote, undertaking. Molina Martinez v. United States. The United States Probation Office, operating as an arm of the district court, first creates a pre-sentence investigation report, quote, which includes a calculation of the advisory guidelines range it considers to be applicable, end quote. Molina Martinez v. United States. That calculation derives from an assessment of the, quote, offense characteristics, offender characteristics, and other matters that might be relevant to the sentence, end quote. Rita v. United States. Specifically, an offense level is calculated by identifying a base level for the offense of conviction and adjusting that level to account for circumstances specific to the defendant's case, such as how the crime was committed and whether the defendant accepted responsibility. A numerical value is then attributed to any prior offenses committed by the defendant, which are added together to generate a criminal history score that places the defendant within a particular criminal history category. Together, the offense level and the criminal history category identify the applicable guidelines range. B. The district court has the ultimate responsibility to ensure that the guidelines range it considers is correct and that the, quote, 
failure to calculate the correct guidelines range constitutes procedural error. End quote. Pew. Given the complexity of the calculation, however, district courts sometimes make mistakes. It is unsurprising, then, that, quote, there will be instances when a district court's sentencing of a defendant within the framework of an incorrect guidelines range goes unnoticed, end quote, by the parties as well, which may result in a defendant raising the error for the first time on appeal, Molina Martinez. Those defendants are not entirely without recourse. Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 52B provides that, quote, a plain error that affects substantial rights may be considered even though it was not brought to the district court's attention, end quote. In United States v. Olano, the court established three conditions that must be met before a court may consider exercising its discretion to correct the error. Quote, first, there must be an error that has not been intentionally relinquished or abandoned. Second, the error must be plain, that is to say, clear or obvious. Third, the error must have affected the defendant's substantial rights. End quote. Molina Martinez. To satisfy this third condition, the defendant ordinarily must, quote, show a reasonable probability that, but for the error, the outcome of the proceeding would have been different, end quote. Molina Martinez. Once those three conditions have been met, quote, the Court of Appeals should exercise its discretion to correct the forfeited error if the error seriously affects the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings, end quote. Molina Martinez. It is this last consideration, often called Alano's fourth prong, that we are asked to clarify and apply in this case. C. Petitioner Florencio Rosales Morales pleaded guilty to illegal reentry in violation of Title VIII of the U.S. Code. The probation office in its pre-sentence investigation report mistakenly counted a 2009 state conviction of misdemeanor assault twice. This double counting resulted in a criminal history score of 13, which placed Rosales Morales in criminal history category 6. Combined with his offense level of 21, that yielded a guidelines range of 77 to 96 months. Had the criminal history score been calculated correctly, Rosales Morales would have been in criminal history category 5 and the resulting guidelines range would have been 70 to 87 months. Rosales Morales did not object to the double-counting error before the district court. Relying on the erroneous pre-sentence investigation report, and after denying Rosales Morales' request for a downward departure, the court district sentenced Rosales Morales to 78 months of imprisonment, one month above the lower end of the guidelines range that everyone thought applied. On appeal, Rosales Morales argued for the first time that his criminal history score and the resulting guidelines range were incorrect because of the double counting of his 2009 conviction. Because he had not objected in the district court, the Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit reviewed for plain error. Applying the Olano framework, the Fifth Circuit concluded that Rosales Morales had established that the guidelines miscalculation constituted an error that was plain satisfying Olano's first two conditions. It also held that the error affected Rosales Morales' substantial rights, thus satisfying the third condition, because there was, quote, a reasonable probability that he would have been subject to a different sentence but for the error, end quote. In reaching that conclusion, the Fifth Circuit rejected the government's argument that Rosales Morales would have received the same sentence regardless of the guidelines' error, because the district court had denied a downward departure, quote, based in part on Rosales Morales' criminal history, end quote, which, quote, erroneously included an extra conviction, end quote. 
The Fifth Circuit nevertheless declined to exercise its discretion to vacate and remand the case for resentencing, because it concluded that Rosales Morales failed to establish that the error would seriously affect the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings. In its view, quote, the types of errors that warrant reversal are ones that would shock the conscience of the common man, serve as a powerful indictment against our system of justice, or seriously call into question the competence or integrity of the district judge. End quote. Because Rosales Morales's sentence of 78 months fell within the correct range of 70 to 87 months, the Fifth Circuit held that neither the error nor the resulting sentence quote, would shock the conscience. End quote. The Fifth Circuit's articulation of Alano's fourth prong is out of step with the practice of other circuits. We granted certiorari to resolve that conflict. And now, reverse. 2a. Although, quote, Rule 52b is permissive, not mandatory, end quote, Olano, it is well established that courts should correct a forfeited plain error that affects substantial rights, quote, if the error seriously affects the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings, end quote, Olano. The court in Olana rejected a narrower rule that would have called for relief only, quote, in those circumstances in which a miscarriage of justice would otherwise result, end quote. That is to say, where a defendant is actually innocent. By focusing instead on principles of fairness, integrity, and public reputation, the court recognized a broader category of errors that warrant correction on plain error review. Like the miscarriage of justice rule that the court rejected in Olano, the Fifth Circuit's standard is unduly restrictive. To be sure, a conclusion that an error, quote, shocks the conscience of the common man, serves as a powerful indictment against our system of justice, or seriously calls into question the competence or integrity of the district judge, end quote, would demand an exercise of discretion to correct the error. Limiting relief only to those circumstances, however, too narrowly confines the extent of a court of appeals discretion. The, quote, shock the conscience, end quote, standard typically is employed when determining whether governmental action violates due process rights under the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. This court has said that the shock the conscience standard is satisfied where the conduct was, quote, intended to injure in some way unjustifiable by any government interest, end quote, or in some circumstances if it resulted from deliberate indifference. That standard is not reflected in Rule 52b itself nor in how this court has applied the plain error doctrine. The court repeatedly has reversed judgments for plain error on the basis of inadvertent or unintentional errors of the court or the parties below. The court also routinely remands cases involving inadvertent or unintentional errors, including sentencing errors, for consideration of Alano's fourth prong with the understanding that such errors may qualify for relief. The Fifth Circuit's additional focus on errors that, quote, serve as a powerful indictment against our system of justice, or seriously call into question the competence or integrity of the district judge, end quote, similarly alters the Rule 52b standard. The court has never said that errors must amount to a, quote, powerful indictment, end quote, of the system, a phrase which implies by its terms that the only errors worthy of correction are those that rise to the level of grossly serious misconduct. Similarly, the Fifth Circuit's emphasis on the Quote, competence or integrity of the district judge, end quote, narrows Alano's instruction that an error should be corrected if it seriously affects, quote, judicial proceedings, end quote. In articulating such a high standard, the Fifth Circuit substantially changed Alano's fourth prong.
B. The effect of the Fifth Circuit's heightened standard is especially pronounced in a case like this one. A plain guidelines error that affects a defendant's substantial rights is precisely the type of error that ordinarily warrants relief under Rule 52B. In Molino-Martinez, the court recognized that, quote, when a defendant is sentenced under an incorrect guidelines range, whether or not the defendant's ultimate sentence falls within the correct range, the error itself can and most often will be sufficient to show a reasonable probability of a different outcome absent the error, end quote. In other words, an error resulting in a higher range than the guidelines provide usually establishes a reasonable probability that a defendant will serve a prison sentence that is more than necessary to fulfill the purposes of incarceration. Quote, to a prisoner, end quote, this prospect of additional, quote, time behind bars is not some theoretical or mathematical concept, end quote, Barbara V. Thomas. Quote, any amount of actual jail time, end quote, is significant, Glover v. United States and, quote, has exceptionally severe consequences for the incarcerated individual and for society which bears the direct and indirect costs of incarceration, end quote, United States v. Jenkins. The possibility of additional jail time thus warrants serious consideration in a determination whether to exercise discretion under Rule 52B. It is crucial in maintaining public perception of fairness and integrity in the justice system that courts exhibit regard for fundamental rights and respect for prisoners as people. The risk of unnecessary deprivation of liberty particularly undermines the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings in the context of a plain guidelines error because of the role the district court plays in calculating the range and the relative ease of correcting the error. Unlike, quote, cases where trial strategies in retrospect might be criticized for leading to harsher sentence, end quote, guidelines miscalculations ultimately result from judicial error. Glover, see also Pew. That was especially so here where the district court's error in imposing Rosales-Morales' sentence was based on a mistake made in the pre-sentence investigation report by the probation office, which works on behalf of the district court. Moreover, quote, a remand for resentencing, while not costless, does not invoke the same difficulties as a remand for retrial does, end quote, Molina-Martinez. Quote, a resentencing is a brief event, normally taking less than a day and requiring the attendance of only the defendant, counsel, and court personnel, end quote, United States v. Williams. Ensuring the accuracy of guidelines determinations also serves the purpose of, quote, providing certainty and fairness in sentencing, end quote, on a greater scale. The guidelines assist federal courts across the country in achieving uniformity and proportionality in sentencing, to realize those goals, it is important that sentencing proceedings actually reflect the nature of the offense and criminal history of the defendant, because the United States Sentencing Commission relies on data developed during sentencing proceedings, including information in the pre-sentence investigation report, to determine whether revisions to the guidelines are necessary. When sentences based on incorrect guidelines ranges go uncorrected, the Commission's ability to make appropriate amendments is undermined. Footnote 2 in broad strokes, the public legitimacy of our justice system relies on procedures that are, quote, neutral, accurate, consistent, trustworthy, and fair, end quote, and that, quote, provide opportunities for error correction, end quote. Bowers and Robinson's Perceptions of Fairness and Justice. 
In considering claims like Rosales Morales's, then, quote, what reasonable citizen wouldn't bear a rightly diminished view of the judicial process and its integrity if courts refused to correct obvious errors of their own devise that threaten to require individuals to linger longer in federal prisons than the law demands, end quote, United States v. Sabian Umana. In the context of a plain guidelines error that affects substantial rights, that diminished view of the proceedings ordinarily will satisfy Olano's fourth prong as it does in this case. Footnote. The dissent maintains that adhering to procedure does not have prime importance for purposes of the fourth prong, because the court has held in some instances where the error was not likely to have affected the substantive outcome, that the procedural error alone did not satisfy Olano's fourth prong. Post at 7. Citing Johnson v. United States. United States v. Cotton. United States v. Marcus. The cases on which the dissent relies do not stand for the view, however, that procedural errors are unimportant or could never satisfy Olano's fourth prong, especially where, as here, the defendant has shown a likelihood that the error affected the substantive outcome. As the Fifth Circuit itself concluded, there is a reasonable probability that, without correction of the guidelines error, Rosales Morales will spend more time in prison than the district court otherwise would have considered necessary. That error was based on a mistake by the probation office a mistake that can be remedied through a relatively inexpensive resentencing proceeding. Of course, any exercise of discretion at the fourth prong of Alano inherently requires, quote, a case-specific and fact-intensive, end quote, inquiry, Puckett v. United States. There may be instances where countervailing factors satisfy the Court of Appeals that the fairness, integrity, and public reputation of the proceedings will be preserved absent correction, but on the facts of this case there are no such factors. Footnote. As the dissent points out, a defendant bears the burden to persuade the court that the error seriously affected the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings, United States v. Vaughan. In the ordinary case, proof of a plain guidelines error that affects the defendant's substantive rights is sufficient to meet that burden. 3. The United States and the dissent agree with Rosales Morales that the Fifth Circuit's formulation of the standard for the exercise of discretion under Rule 52b quote, is an inaccurate description, end quote, of Alano's fourth prong. They nevertheless maintain that Rosales Morales is not entitled to relief. We are unpersuaded, though a few points merit brief discussion. First, the United States and the dissent caution that a grant of relief in Rosales Morales' case, and in others like his, would be inconsistent with the court's statements that discretion under Rule 52b should be exercised sparingly and reserved for exceptional circumstances. As an initial matter, Jones and the cases it relies on for the point that discretion should be exercised sparingly would have required additional jury proceedings on remand, either at resentencing or retrial. As we have explained, a decision remanding a case to the district court for resentencing on the basis of a guidelines miscalculation is far less burdensome than a retrial or other jury proceedings, and thus does not demand such a high degree of caution. In any event, the circumstances surrounding Rosales Morales' case are exceptional within the meaning of the court's precedent on plain error review, as they are reasonably likely to have resulted in a longer prison sentence than necessary, and there are no countervailing factors that otherwise further the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings. The fact that, as a result of the court's holding, most defendants in Rosales Morales' situation will be eligible for relief under Rule 52b does not justify a decision that ignores the harmful effects of allowing the error to persist. 
Second, the United States and the dissent assert that, because Rosales Morales's sentence falls within the corrected guidelines range, the sentence is presumptively reasonable and, quote, less likely to indicate a serious injury to the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings, end quote. A substantive reasonableness determination, however, is an entirely separate inquiry from whether an error warrants correction under plain error review. Before a court of appeals can consider the substantive reasonableness of a sentence, quote, it must first ensure that the district court committed no significant procedural error, such as failing to calculate, or improperly calculating, the guidelines range, end quote. Gall. This makes eminent sense, for the district court is charged in the first instance with determining whether, taking all sentencing factors into consideration, including the correct guidelines range, a sentence is, quote, sufficient but not greater than necessary, end quote, Title 18 of the U.S. Code. If the district court is unable properly to undertake that inquiry because of an error in the guidelines range, the result sentence no longer bears the reliability that would support a, quote, presumption of reasonableness, end quote, on review. Likewise, regardless of its ultimate reasonableness, a sentence that lacks reliability because of unjust procedures may well undermine public perception of the proceedings. The mere fact that Rosales Morales's sentence falls within the corrected guidelines range does not preserve the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of the proceedings. Footnote. The dissent's discussion of Rosales Morales' criminal history misses the point that history is relevant to the district court's determination of an appropriate sentence under Title 18 of the U.S. Code. It does not help explain whether the plain procedural error in Rosales Morales's sentencing proceedings, which may have resulted in a longer sentence than is justified in light of that history, seriously affects the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings. Third, the United States and the dissent contend that our decision, quote, creates the very opportunity for sandbagging that Rule 52B is supposed to prevent. End quote. Post. But that concern fails to account for the realities at play in sentencing proceedings. As this court repeatedly has explained, quote, the guidelines are the starting point for every sentencing calculation in the federal system. End quote. Hughes v. United States. It is hard to imagine that defense counsel would, quote, deliberately forego objection now, end quote, to a plain guidelines error that would subject her client to a higher guidelines range, quote, because counsel perceives some slightly expanded chance to argue for plain error later, end quote, Henderson v. United States. Even setting aside the conflict such a strategy would create with defense counsel's ethical obligations to represent her client vigorously and her duty of candor toward the court, any benefit from such a strategy is highly speculative. There is no guarantee that a court of appeals would agree to a remand, and no basis to believe that a district court would impose a lower sentence upon resentencing than the court would have imposed at the original sentencing proceedings had it been aware of the plain guidelines error. 4. For the foregoing reasons, we conclude that the Fifth Circuit abused its discretion in applying an unduly burdensome articulation of Olano's fourth prong, and declining to remand Rosales Morales's case for resentencing. In the ordinary case, as here, the failure to correct a plain guidelines error that affects a defendant's substantial rights will seriously affect the fairness, integrity, and public reputation of judicial proceedings. The judgment of the Court of Appeals is therefore reversed, and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. It is so ordered. Footnote 2. Similarly, the work of the Federal Bureau of Prisons is hindered by uncorrected guidelines errors, because the Bureau relies, in part, 
on aspects of the guidelines calculation in designating and classifying prisoners based on security and program needs. See Federal Bureau of Prisons Program Statement Number P5100.08. Subject, Inmate Security Designation and Custody Classification, Chapter 2, Page 1, Chapter 4, Page 8, Chapter 6, Page 5. End of Section 28. Recording by Gretchen Laboon, Columbus. End of a collection of Supreme Court opinions by the United States Supreme Court.